This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior as my all in all Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I am standing on the promises of God. I'm so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see.
This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Our God, indeed, is God alone. Our God, indeed, is God alone. Let us put nothing before our God. We will worship only God. Welcome to Worship Good Neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, and thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tague, our musicians, Kathy Christensen, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer is Brad Anderson. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. We'd also like to invite you to Little Falls today from 11 to 1 o'clock for a turkey dinner. And then next Sunday, we'll be having our worship at Trinity Lutheran at 9.30. And uh, we'll have jam for the kids and a meal at 5.30 and a six o'clock program of Bible study and confirmation at uh, Little Falls Lutheran on Wednesday. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to lay a cloth to lay before you a candle and a cross. You might enjoy uh, making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship. And you may want to have a Bible to read along with the scripture lessons. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence, and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. We confess our sins before God and one another. God, whose reign is just. We acknowledge that our actions and inactions have led to the oppression of our neighbors. We have willingly benefited from privileges that cause harm to others. We have failed to heed your call to lead from a place of humility and to care for our communities in a way that makes it that makes it possible for all to flourish. Forgive us our fear of scarcity and love of power and keep us ever mindful of the needs of others. 
the reign of God has come near to you. In Christ Jesus, you are reconciled to God, and therefore God forgives us all our sins. Let God guide us to work for God's justice. Amen. We then will continue with the gathering songs. Continue with the litany for today. We are surrounded by naysayers. Our faith is daily challenged, yet God shows up in our lives. 
We cannot prevent it. We may dig a trench around our hearts. We may douse ourselves in doubt. But when we call upon our God, God ignites hope in us. God consumes our doubt and frees our spirit. Let's continue with the prayer of the day. Mighty God, day by day we are witnesses to your miracles, big and small, whether we are even aware of them. Draw our attention to your action in the world that we might proclaim your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I'd ask you to share the sign of peace with someone or even bless yourself. And you may do it by just using a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula, be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we turn to the Holy Scriptures and uh, a children's sermon with Kathy. The first reading comes from 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 20 through 39. So Ahab sent to all the Israelites and assembled the prophets at Mount Carmel. Elijah then came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping into two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If, but, if, but if Baal, then follow him. The people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets number 450. Let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood. But put no fire to it, and I will prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. Then you call in the name of your God, and I will call in the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire is indeed God. And that all the people answered, well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourself one bull and prepare it first, for you are many, and then call on the name of your God, but put no fire to it. So they took the bull that was given them and prepared it and called on the name of Baal from from morning until noon, crying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice and no answer. They limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, surely he is a god. Neither he is meditating, nor is he wandered away, or is he on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. And then they cried aloud, and as it was their custom, and they cut themselves with swords and lance until the blood gushed over them. As midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation, but there was no voice, no answer, and no response. Then Elijah said to all the people, come closer to me, and all the people came closer to him. First, he prepared the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of tribes of the son of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came saying, Israel shall be your name. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Then he made a trench around the altar, large enough to contain two measures of seed. Next he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, 
and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. Again he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time, so that the water ran all around the altar and filled the trench also with water. At the time of the offering of oblation, oblation, the prophet Elijah came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are the God in Israel, that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your bidding. Answer me, O Lord, answer me so that this people, these people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and it consumed the burnt offering, the wood and the stones and the dust, even licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord indeed is God. The Lord indeed is God. The Holy Gospel according to Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 4. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who was talking with Jesus. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So it's time now to talk with the young people of the parish. Hi, guys. Today is All Saints Sunday. Do you even know what that means? Actually, All Saints Day is on November 1st of each year. The church celebrates it on the Sunday after November 1st and calls it All Saints Sunday. It's a time when we remember all the people in our churches who have died this past year. These are the names of the saints from the NUIC parish who have passed away this past year. Arlene Johnson, Ed Monette, Edna Hendrickson, Leanne Nicholson, Myrna Brown, and Richard Roos. Just about each one of these people have had many stories to tell us about their faith in God Stories about their life as a child, as a young adult, and in their older years. They were teachers to all of us who knew them. They lived their lives of faith in God and tried to pass that knowledge and wisdom to all of us that know them. So today we remember them by lighting candles for them and thinking about how their lives helped us to become better Christians and maybe even a saint. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for all the saints in our lives, whether they're living or dead. Keep us safe in our lives and help us be the person you want us to be. In your name, amen.
I think I've lost my way. Still, you're there right beside me. And nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now I'll not forget your love for me and yet you my heart forever is wandering. Jesus be my guide and hold me to your side. I will love you to the end. end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You're my light unto my path. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Ufta. It's been a tough three weeks. We're dealing again with, in our text, about violence that goes on. And as you know, the last three weeks, what's gone in and on in the Mideast with Israel and Hamas and Gaza it's so bad that you hardly ever hear of Ukraine anymore, what's going on there. Our world ends up with violence so much of the time. The text here is one where, at the end of it, we see where Elijah, the 450 prophets, are killed, uh, the ones of Baal. What you don't hear from this reading is that before this, the uh, prophets of God were being hunted down and also killed. And that's why Elijah at one point says, Lo, I am the only one left. Although one of the guys had, uh, one of his servants that had traveled with him and announced his coming to King Ahab had told him how he had tried to hide a hundred uh, prophets 
50 in two different caves. But in the end, there's violence. We just can't seem to escape that. And yet, as people of faith, our hope is that a time will come where that violence will end. In the meantime, we are called to be peacemakers, people who love and care deeply about our enemies and our friends and those that we don't even know. Mount Carmel, the test. Elijah calls the 450 prophets together to prove who has the right God, Baal or Yahweh, the God of Israel. The prophet Elijah goes toe-to-toe with King Ahab and King Jezebel by proposing a contest to determine not just who is greater, but who is actually real, Baal or God. The result? God is the real deal. And that's where we read this text and we see what God does in burning up even the rock and the water and, and everything else. It is a tremendous victory for Elijah. And then it continues on where, if, as you read around this story, there had been a drought that had been going on, and Elijah uh, goes to the, the high mountain and prays for rain that God has promised. And again, rain comes. Elijah was truly a prophet. But with all the victory and what he had seen, as exciting as it might have been, Elijah got lost for a while. He gets word from Queen Jezebel that he is the next in line to be killed. And if it isn't, doesn't happen by the next day, uh, she will be horribly, horribly disappointed and sets out to kill Elijah, and he runs and runs and runs. He runs miles to get away. And there he sits under a broom tree and he says, I want to die. And an angel prepares food for him so that he can run again. But isn't it interesting that here he had just won this huge victory and the next scene is, I want to die. There is nobody else. I am alone. Sometimes we get caught in those ways, don't we? We feel so close to God and we see some great things happen in our lives and the lives of the people we love. We celebrate, we rejoice, and we have a great time. And then everything kind of comes clashing down, crashing down. We get lost. A guy talks about getting lost in the woods, and after a while he finally sees the tallest tree he can find, and he climbs that tree so that he can look around to see what's, uh, where he's at or if there's any markings in the future. And off to the side, he does see uh, a water tower and a village a long ways off, but he gets his bearings. And he slowly climbs down the tree and heads in that direction. You see, he was looking for a vantage point that would help him to see, get a vision for what could be and what he should 
direction he should be going. Maybe you didn't get lost in the woods. Maybe you were just driving your car and got lost. And you look for a high point where you could look around to see if there was some sign, some way to catch your bearings. Well, that's what's happening with Elijah. He's looking for that vantage point. God is going to show him what's next. You see it at Mount Carmel. You see it in the other text, the gospel text of uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. Both texts are a place where there is a tremendous high, a tremendous victory, a tremendous celebration. Hope springs alive in both of these scenes. And yet, as we know, down comes the valley. You see, encountering God is both real and risky. It can challenge us. It can move us in ways that we hadn't thought we wanted to be involved. It's not just peace, easy games, but we are called to get involved in the everyday life and where things are tough. I'd like to tell you a story about what it means for one brave man in today's world to obey God. When the author of this was writing, he said, when I was in South Africa in 1963, I came to know Byers Naudi. At that time, a group of concerned Christians came together to fight against the racist policy of apartheid. They formed the Christian Institute and invited a Dutch Reformed minister, Byers Naudi, to be director. After an intense struggle, he accepted the challenge and was at once condemned by the Dutch Reformed Church and dismissed from his church. Before leaving, he preached a last sermon, which will live in history. He based his message on the words, we must serve God rather than men. He said he must go out into the unknown. To do less, he said, would mean I would save my face but lose my soul. Since that day, his has been a life at risk. As the tragedy of South Africa has deepened, so has risen the strength of his Christian witness against a towering evil. And what an evil policy in government it is. Since the month of that sermon, 45 black people have died in prison. The official reasons given for their death is incredible. Here are some of them. Well, 12 died by suicide by hanging. Five fell off from high buildings. Two slipped in their shower rooms. One fell against a chair. And one died from injuries in a scuffle. And still the iniquity of death in custody goes on. Steadily, the pressure against Byers Naughty was increased. In 1973, he was brought to trial for refusing to divulge information about the Christian Institute and was found guilty. In 1975, the Institute was declared, declared an effective organization, meaning it could no longer receive help from abroad. And then he became, then he was sentenced for five years, a banned person. Today, under virtual house arrest, he suffered. His enforced silence, crying to the world for justice. We must serve God rather than men. You see, a close encounter with God brings an enduring satisfaction found nowhere else on earth. Show us the Father and we will be satisfied, is what the disciples were saying. 
religious joy and peace and satisfaction are strangely ignored today. We live in a generation which is frantically searching for happiness through sex and speed and sport and travel. The search for personal satisfaction goes on. Yet how many miss the secret? Seeking but never really finding inner serenity and happiness. There is no satisfaction on earth to equal being in right relationship with God. I love that. To know God is risky. It's real, but it is deeply, deeply satisfying. It is what our heart longs for. And sometimes the noise and all the distractions make hearing God difficult. Because we see Elijah moving on and he's in a cave and he hears God, but it's interesting how it speaks about him hearing. First, there came wind. A huge wind that broke the trees and rocks and then an earthquake, but God was not in the wind and God was not in the earthquake. And then a fire, but God was not in the fire. But then a still, small voice. How many times do we look for God in the wind, the earthquake, and the fire? And don't hear the still, small voice. But Elijah did. God spoke to him in that cave and gave him his marching orders. He was not alone. 7,000 people had not kneeled to Baal and would not and will not, and they will be saved. Elijah was going to the king of, uh, to help a, a person in Syria to become king, and he was to do it to also one of the kings of Israel. And they would be at war, but the 7,000 who had not kneeled to Baal would not be touched. There's a song that a group that I uh, worked with many years ago, they wrote it called, If You Love Me Live. And it comes from this Elijah story. You see, God is not a God of death, he's a God of life. He wanted these guys to, uh, or Elijah, to live. He got his marching orders so that he went into service, not knowing what was going to happen, but knowing that God was with him, would take care of him, and would honor the work that he was in. You see, we go to worship. It's a vantage point. It's where we have a chance to look around, to see what's important. It's to be encountered by God, not to be hemmed in by circumstances, but to climb and worship is to breathe that rare air and catch a glimpse of things eternal and then returning to our tasks at hand. He gives us glimpses of those things that we need to see, a vision so that we can be of service. In service, we do something for someone else. You see, we give words of encouragement or do some piece of service. We are setting in motion forces which go on and on. 
we don't always get to see them. In fact, most of the times we will never see the benefits of serving others. We aren't looking for thanks or response. We do it in response to God's love. Two centuries ago, an old Puritan doctor wrote a book and died without knowing if it was of any use to anybody. We don't even know the doctor's name, but his book was titled The Bruised Reed. Richard Baxter was converted by The Bruised Reed and wrote a book titled A Call to the Unconverted. Philip Doddridge was converted by reading Baxter's book and wrote The Rise and Progress of Religion in the Soul, which William Wilberforce read, and he was one who helped bring slavery to an end in all of the English kingdom, he wrote a practical view of Christianity. Thomas Chalmers read it and set all Scotland on fire with God. Now you and I may not write books, but the same principle holds good in every piece of Christian service we render, however humble it may be. See then the advantage of vantage points in life. They remind us that our love, loyalty, and faith may have an influence far beyond our dreaming. Our life, however humble, and our service, however inconspicuous, inspicuous, are being taken up and woven into the age-long and worldwide purposes of God. We are building for ages unborn. We labor, and others will enter into our labors. All this comes through vision, and where there is vision or no vision, the people perish. But where there is vision, and especially vision of service, the church survives. People are wringing their hands as to what will happen to the church if we have the vision, if the hope is put into our hearts by this God, with the encounters with God are real for us. Don't worry about the church. It will not only survive, it will move and bring life and hope to a world that desperately needs it. So go in peace, go in hope, and go in service. Amen. Jesus calls us for the tumult of our lives, what restless sea. Day by day his clear voice sounding, saying, Christian, follow me. As of old St. Andrew heard it by the Galilean lake, turned from home on toil and kindred, leaving all for Jesus' sake. In our joys and in our sorrows, days of toil and hours of ease, still he calls and cares and pleasures. Christian, love me more than these. Jesus calls us by your mercies, Savior, may we hear your call. Give our hearts to your obedience, serve and love you best of all. 
Let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I want to say that uh, one of the things I heard recently, and I, I probably should read more on it, but it was interesting. If you read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus doesn't tell us what to believe. He tells us who to be and what to do. 300 years later, the church came up with the Nicene Creed, which talks mostly about what we should believe, but doesn't talk about what we should do. We have to be careful that what we say in our confession of faith isn't just about what we need to believe, but it should challenge us then as to how we can live out our life of faith and caring for all peoples to love and care. And so it's about what we do. So we need to put the Sermon on the Mount next to our confession of faith to keep remembering the call that we have to be God's people and then to act like it. Next week we have confirmation at our church and we're excited about that. And again, the issue for most of us who have looked at the church and confirmation, we've asked our kids to declare their faith. But sadly, many of the confirmation kids never step inside the church door again after being confirmed because we haven't taught them what to do and how to be and how to live. Make us all more aware of both sides of that coin. But thank you for saying the Apostles' Creed with me because that is important to know what we believe. Now let's get out and do it. that God's justice is sure, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Powerful God, through the prophet Elijah, you demonstrated that there is no other God but you. Give us confidence in your presence, not just in times of upheaval, but even in the small things of life. God of justice, in mercy, hear our prayer. You made fire to be an integral part of the health of the beautiful woodlands you created. Teach us appropriate ways to manage forests, 
to reduce the risk of catastrophic wildfire while carefully stewarding the natural burning process. God of justice, in mercy hear our prayer. Give courage to those who hold fast to your call to speak truth to power, even in the face of overwhelming opposition. God of justice, in mercy hear our prayer. Your presence in the midst of our pain is sure. Help all who face the uncertainties of chronic illness or grief to know you are there with them, especially Dean Muse, Pete and Diane Fall, Halen Hoisington, Jean Hoisington, Ron Wilson, Dave Christensen, Shirley Lenz, Becky Anderson, Helen Jorgensen, Jim Curtis, Ida Martinson, Randy Goglin, Matt Crerup, Scott Morgan, Julie Dubois, Helen Erickson, Maury Nicholson, Owen Cordy, Jim Wade, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Ron Lee, Joyce Anderson, and Kelsey Zamuda. God of justice, in mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you for those who draw, paint, sculpt, and design. Work through them to inspire and challenge us with their visual expressions of the world around us. God of justice, in mercy, hear our prayer. <clears throat> we remember those in our lives whose words or actions proclaim to us that you are God. In gratitude to them, let us carry their proclamation into the world without fear. God of justice, in mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, we turn all these things over to your tender care, trusting that you hear and answer all our prayers, spoken and unspoken, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. <coughs> As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us. The compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. Today we'd like to celebrate communion as we gather with the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, 
This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear the promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to work together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Some glad morning when this life is o'er I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore Ah. Uh -huh.
when we meet, I'll fly away. No more cold iron shackles on my feet, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away in the morning when I die, hallelujah, bye. to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Through every day.